work of life is the work that we do inside ourselves. Responsibility we feel towards the world, like questioning, challenging, say something. Raw and vulnerable and open conversation. That was the best part. But first, before you listen to the podcast, I want to take a moment and have some massive gratitude for our Emory patrons. Thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting us for a few months and some of you for a few years. Uh, I know that we've got so many extra little goodies for you behind the Patreon paywall, but honestly, the feedback that we get from most of our patrons is that they just wanted to pay us for a little bit. They've been listening to Emory podcasts for months or years, and they finally decide to become a patron. So I just want to give a little love back and shout out to all of our patrons. If you are considering joining as a patron, share some love back with us. We would totally appreciate that. You can check it out at patreon.com backslash Emory podcast, or the link is in our bio. All right, without further ado, enjoy the episode. Hi, beautiful humans. How are you? It's Megan here, and I'm just doing a solo recording in my bedroom, and uh, my kids, my six-year-old twins are around here somewhere, my mom's visiting, and uh, there's no perfect time or space to do recording, so I do this one like I do all the other recordings on my phone. I'm going to finish it and then upload it right away because I want to get this out to you. I want to get this out to our followers and listeners. Um, If you've been with us for two plus years in the Amory journey with Marty, Kyle, and I recording our story of our open relationship, thank you. And I also want to welcome new listeners. Uh, A lot of new people are starting to follow us and engage with us from the article that was published in Vogue magazine this month, April 2022. Whoo, you guys, <laughs> our story is in vogue. Um, I've been sitting with that. It, it, what day is today? I'm not quite sure. I think it's the sixth. Um, it just came out on the online version. It's been in the print version for about a week, and I got my hands on a copy when I was in LA for uh, the weekend. So, and I haven't shared anything about it yet, <laughs> and I'm still processing. And I think this podcast episode, like I do every other episode, it is me outwardly, vocally processing a lot of my emotions, a lot of my thoughts and my experiences. And this is how Emory is. We process and then we publish and we share it with the world and you get whatever you get out of it. So my intention with this is to share the whole journey, well, in the summarized version, obviously, Uh, The journey, though, of being someone reading articles about polyamory four or five years ago to now being in an article and what was covered in the article and what wasn't covered and where do we go from here? That's that's my intention. It's also my intention for new listeners to get an idea of who I am, who we are. I know Kyle and Marty won't be on this podcast, but you can go back and listen to past podcasts. Uh, But their energy will be here and I will share a little bit about their thoughts and feelings around being in, in the Vogue article as well. (sighs) So that's the intention. Okay. (laughs) Where am I in this? I don't know. It feels really surreal. It totally does. Um, The interview is, I actually did the full interview back in January. I want to give a shout out to Francois, who um, shared something back in December while I was doing my retreat in California. And he shared something like, hey, they're looking for people to talk to um, for, for an article. And I think it was mentioned in Vogue. I'm not quite sure. Um, if anything, I knew that her email address that I was reaching out to, she wrote for Vogue. So I'm like, sweet, cool. I want to tell the universe that I would like to share my story more. I probably won't be able to be interviewed, but I'm taking action because 
That's what I want to do. I take inspired action. So thank you, Francois, for sharing uh, the opportunity. And I put the shout out to anyone else in this community if there's more opportunities. And if you personally don't feel comfortable sharing your name or being interviewed, I'm happy to do it. Um, that is what I want to get to in a minute is just the honor of being able to represent this community. Uh, but first, I did the article, interviewed um, back in January. I didn't know how long it was going to be. I had no idea that we were going to be the main through line of the story. I just thought I was going to be one of many people that she talked to to just get some quotes about polyamory. <laughs> when I started to get the idea when she asked me a ton of follow-up questions about um, how did Marty and I get together, uh, or sorry, how did Kyle and I get together, um, how did Marty and I open up our relationship? And I think she, Michelle Ruiz did a great job re representing us in the article. She did focus primarily on how did we open up the relationship. And I love all of the other people that were interviewed in the article. Um, I think it's Jody Hamilton, PhD. Oh, there's another one with the last name Moore. I just, I find that Michelle did a really great job putting together all of the evidence, for lack of a better word. So she used our Amory story as a really personal way to understand polyamory or open relating, and then really backed it up incredibly well with a lot of research, a lot of studies, a lot of other commentary on what's happening right now. And I feel like this is, this is shaking the paradigm of monogamy in many ways. And no, I don't believe that monogamy is over. I think it's one way to relate. I think what we need to do is normalize and open up the doors that there are so many other different ways to relate, right? It's just kind of like when the sexual orientation revolution started, you know, I can see where uh, the heteronormative society would get very shaken up and rattled like their own way of being in this world was rattled by the fact that someone else uh, was homosexual. It's it's not. It doesn't. Um, it's interesting that people get insecure, I think, um, for their own chosen relationship styles when introduced to another possibility. And I think the reason that that happens is that there's some there's something that's revealed in that moment. And I want to say that what's revealed is our default programming. Have we ever, did we intentionally enter into monogamy or did we just do that because that was the default and we never knew that there was anything beyond it? So if you are a new listener and you are listening out of curiosity, if you're listening because you read the article and you're like, my God, there are other ways to relate. And maybe you've thought about it before. Maybe you've had your own personal experiences. Please know you're not alone. And can we normalize this already? <laughs> can we allow for the spectrum of relating, um, not making anything right or anything wrong? That's what I would like. <laughs> so that's the part I think I know that they use the the tagline on the front of the article is monogamy over to catch people for sure. And, and it is catchy. So good job, Michelle. <laughs> but I do think that it's really just a spectrum of relating that, uh, that I personally would like to open up. And okay. So let me tell me, tell you where I started. I started four or five years ago being the person reading the article. And I remember the first article that I read about open relationships or polyamory, I was sitting in um, my hair salon and I was getting my hair dyed. So, you know, it's that 45 minutes you have in between and I'm reading this article and I'm hiding it. 
I'm like, I'm so embarrassed at the thought of anyone looking over and seeing the word open relationship or polyamory pop out of the screen on my phone. And so I'm hiding it. I'm feeling really embarrassed, but I'm so intrigued. It's like everything in my body is pouring into this article of someone else sharing her personal firsthand experience of living in an open relationship um, with her partner or partners. And I, I was so intrigued and I knew that something was lighting up inside of me. I knew that there was some door opening that I would never be able to shut again for sure. And, and it was mixed with intrigue and curiosity and fear for sure, but definitely excitement. And it also was breaking me a little bit. And that's what I want to get into a little bit later is just the paradigms that we're in. And we don't see it. We're like fish swimming in water and saying, what water? We just don't see the paradigms that we're in until our current paradigm starts to be challenged. And I think that that's what's happening right now. I think it doesn't have to be violent or, or aggressive or, yeah, it can, it can be... <laughs> held in compassion as we all question the different paradigms that we're in, especially our relationships. Um, but this Vogue article for me is way more than questioning the paradigm of monogamy versus polyamory. Uh, it is questioning all of our current paradigms that we're in, all of them. But my friends, I jump ahead. I want to go back and just have some fucking gratitude for both Kyle and Marty Oh my God, those men. Seriously, the fact that I am in love with two men who are so secure in themselves, so secure in their sexuality, so secure in their own narrative of their life, and not rocked by sharing that in a Vogue article that how we first were intimate was in a threesome where the two guys focused on me. Holy cow, just wow. I mean, right there alone, I've, again, I've said this a million times, I find that so sexy. And that's one of the sexiest things, mm, I mean, besides a lot of other things, but for Kyle, both Kyle and Marty to be so secure in themselves is so sexy to me. And I hope for any heterosexual male out there listening, um, imagine putting yourself in, in their shoes as well, that their partner shared this story. They are in it, but not in it. They weren't quoted directly. Marty was quoted once, I think, from uh, from the podcast. And again, it fit the narrative. It was to Michelle's point that she was making. Um, and I mean, we have hours. We have 60 plus episodes of Emery at this point. And so there's so much to pull from. Uh, I really, really appreciate Kyle and Marty for the beautiful, secure beings that they are. I, I wouldn't be sharing this story. It, it, Amory podcast wouldn't exist if they weren't as secure as they are. And this article definitely wouldn't be out there. Their reactions to it are, are funny and beautiful. Uh, when they did the fact checking, <laughs> Marty was really sweet. They were fact checking. They're like, hey, is, is this what happened? And did you say this? And he, I wasn't on that call with him, but he came back to me and he was like, yep. Yep, that's what happened. Yep, that's what I said. Okay, I guess this is out there now. <laughs> and that was it. Like literally a blip on his radar. Same with thing with Kyle. Um, just getting called for fact checking and, and going, yep, this is what happened. Um, uh, his little man bun. By the way, he did not have a man bun when I met him. <laughs> but I'm, I'm okay with that image being out there. That was, that was rather cute and fun. Uh, where do I want to go with this? Just gratitude. I have, I have extreme amounts of gratitude. And I hope all of you out there are have people in your life and have partners or a partner or partners that are secure in themselves and that you're secure in yourself. 
If you're not, no worries. That has been my voyage. Um, what was included in the article in Polyamory was uh, in, in Vogue was amazing. I love everything that was in there. I love the focus on opening up because obviously for people that are new to this, that is that is usually the main focus. Once people start opening up and start doing research and start having conversations and then for sure when they start having experiences, woo baby, that's when things get interesting. You can think you know it all. You can think you know what you're going to go into, but the parts that this article did not cover is all of the emotional work, all of the conversations, all of the introspection and growth and personal growth that has to happen if you're going to engage in an open relationship. Um, I guess it doesn't have to happen. I would say that the whole learning path of this is giving you opportunities to have a more secure relationship with yourself and other people in your life, not just partners. You know, we're talking everyone, because as soon as you have a secure relationship with yourself, you have more access to create a secure relationship with other people in your life. What open relating does is give you exposure therapy, extreme exposure therapy, my friends. <laughs> I was on a, a call this morning with some of the, with the self-love group that I'm currently running and one of the women in there does regular ice baths. And she said that it, it occurred to her uh, that she can sit in ice for yeah five minutes, seven minutes, but he, <laughs> sitting with emotions, sitting with emotions in her body, that is the work. And she also said exposing herself to ice therapy has also taught her that she can sit with uh, discomfort. And I think that that's what this journey is all about. It is... If you, are, if you are courageous enough to step into an open relationship, if you are currently in a relationship and you have a partner that is also open and consensual to this learning process, we'll call it, um, you are going to sit with discomfort. It just, it's going to happen. Whether or not that comes in terms of jealousy, I mean, I would say jealousy is this umbrella term for fear, for insecurity, and for sitting with the unknown. Um, we call it jealousy. I call it access to transform or grow. Um, that was my first real processing of my own jealousy. It, I created a course out of it. Um, it just like the podcast, I find a, it's very therapeutic to have experiences and then talk about them. Or in in this case, have experiences and then record about them. Really understand what is it that I'm, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I learning? What is this uh, chosen relationship path bringing to me? And I would say it's brought, I mean, I, I can't even begin to tell you in a short, you know, 20 minute podcast episode, the amount that it's brought to me. But I will just say that if you are going down this curve of stepping into open relationships, inform yourself first, do as much research as you can. If, if this is right for you, have all of the consensual conversations between your partner. If this is something that they want, how can you take step by step by step to open up a relationship? Or if you are finding yourself in someone else's relationship that they've opened up, um, go in, go in purposefully, go in with awareness and go in seeking this as a process of empowerment for yourself, of personal understanding. I just feel like that whole frame for you is going to be very helpful. I think that the people that go in thinking, oh, this is going to be a fun sexual adventure. Um, it, I mean, it can be and is, <laughs> and without the frame of 
learning, like that you are putting yourself into new experiences that are going to bring up discomfort and that will cause you the need to build certain skills. If you don't have that knowledge, I just feel like it's going to be an uphill battle until you realize, oh man, I'm, I need to learn some new skills here. And that's why I feel like open relating is one of the fastest ways to increase your communication skills. Um, you have to, you have to be able to talk to your partner. Um, the relationship or relationships will require it. You have to be able to know yourself. So it increases um, self-awareness and it helps to have community. It really does. As soon as we started to put out Amory as a podcast, being connected to so many people around the world. And I mean, at this point, I think we have listeners in over a hundred countries. Um, the podcast is in English. So I realized that that limits the pool of people that could understand the podcast. Um, but it's quite, it, it reaches quite far. And even the courses that I do, the self-love course, there's people from all over the world. Uh, our community is huge, people. Our community is huge. And I'm so proud to be able to represent and put my name out there. Um, not, not because it's my name, but because I get to represent. I get to represent. And that to me means everything. I'm so thankful to be in a relationship where both Kyle and Marty are open to putting our names out there in public. And I'm so thankful to not have the fear of a loss of job, a fear of uh, repercussions. Um, I just don't have that in my life. I mean, I live a very purposeful, tiny life in Costa Rica right now where I'm, you know, I'm, I am my own boss in, in certain terms. I don't have to report to anyone. Uh, both Marty and Kyle uh, have their own companies. So all of us really are, don't have to worry about losing a job if people find out about our relationship structure. And I realize that that is a, a big limit, that, that that does exist. Many people fear os being ostracized from their community, um, from their religious groups, from their friends, from their family, from their work. Um, they could lose jobs. Like This fear is totally real. And practicing polyamory or practicing open relating is not a protected class by any means. So. Uh, people could take action on this and lives could be ruined and affected um, because there is no safety net right now. So for me, I feel so proud to put out our names um, and speak publicly and maybe have a, a, a public voice for something that so many of us are going through. And if the stats in Michelle's art article are correct, and I'm sure they are, I mean, 20%, 20% of the U.S. population saying that they have engaged in non-monogamy, I think that that is substantial and it's such a quiet community. Um, and I can understand why there's still huge stigmas around it. I think that's changing uh, little by little. I think people are having more conversations. Oh, what doesn't help are people like Jordan Peterson. I just watched a very short clip on Instagram about his take on why polyamory is dangerous for individual lives and society. And it was just this image of uh, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. And it, because Will and Jada have been open about their open relationship and faced a lot of public scrutiny. And I, I would just venture, I'm like, for anybody that has questioned this or, or belittled, open relating as a theme, I would just say, try it and see how, how hard it is. <laughs> it is harder in many respects, I think, to speak openly, transparently, communicate honestly, to be aware, to have all the skills to pull this off. It is, it is work. It is not trivial. 
And Jordan Peterson's little Instagram clip said that it makes men dangerous uh, and that because of that, women can't connect fully to their partner. And I'm like, excuse my language, but not really. Fucker, that's the issue. It's the insecurity. It's the violence that comes from someone feeling insecure in themselves in that if they were to to lose that person, that that, that elates, that's not the right word, that that equates to being violent and that it's and and that's why women or people shouldn't practice open relating because it could make men violent no my friend no and if anybody knows jordan peterson oh my goodness i would love a conversation with him to bring up a different perspective because i would say that it causes people to create a more secure attachment with themselves and others I think that our default monogamy, I'm not talking about monogamy in general, I think default monogamy, uh, the way that we culturally um, view relationships, that is dangerous because there's very little choice in it. Um, there is a lot of social pressure to maintain the image that everything's okay. There are not a lot of tools to support people relating like that. And again, this is default. I'm talking about default. It's not people that consciously choose monogamy like, hey, this is how we relate best. This is how we're choosing to relate right now, maybe forever, but definitely right now. And if we ever needed to meet other needs or needed to reframe and recreate an agreement, we can do that because we're empowered individuals. We can do that. I think it's this default relationship agreement with no questioning that is actually at the root of a lot of trauma. It really is in my mind. Um, in, in monogamous relationships, there can be a ton of, a, a ton of domestic violence, um, emotional violence, emotional abuse. I would say when you're open relating and you have more people to connect to, you actually go from having a, maybe like a mono lens to bifocals. You can see better. You get two perspectives instead of one. You can see where maybe an issue is where I've noticed where an issue is definitely, uh, like I'm at the root of it, or I can see where maybe I have another perspective and something that I thought was me actually isn't me. And there are other ways to look at it. So I feel like I've got clearer vision having two relationships instead of one. Uh, that brings me up to a funny point because I think a lot of people uh, also can feel threatened with open relating. And um, Actually, no, I don't want to go down that thread. Okay, I'll stop the thread. Uh, I was talking to my mom about this because she's currently visiting and I'm processing a little bit of this article with her and some of the things that people are saying when they're reaching out, which by the way, this audience is incredible, already uh, uh, received a lot of support. Uh, but she is not in a relationship right now. She's a beautiful human being. I love her. Um, and she's she said, Megan, I understand where you're at, but right now I just want one relationship. And I'm like, mom, I love you. Yes, start with one. Start with one relationship. That's great. And then, then if anything happens, if you meet anyone else, if you find that needs, certain needs aren't met and you are looking for another relationship, great. Then you start the conversation for opening up, but she's, she's so cute. And yeah, start with one is a good, <laughs> is a good, um, mantra to have, I think. Whew. Okay. I find myself rambling. I think I'm going to bring it back to the, one of the main themes that I'm so glad that Michelle brought up in the article was that this is a time of questioning, not only relationship structures like monogamy, 
but our healthcare systems, our educational systems, all of the movements that have started recently, there is major structural change happening and going to happen. And I think that that's what, for me, it's not about polyamory. It's really about paradigm shifts. That's it, paradigm shifts. And I will give um, Jessica Fern, author of Polysecure, a shout out. Um, I'm going to release one of the podcasts with her soon, sometime this month, I think. But her next book is really about shifting paradigms. And I think that that's what going from monogamy to open relating allows us to do, is to embody a paradigm shift. And once you've embodied a paradigm shift, it is much easier to shift in other areas of your life. For example, work, right? If somebody's used to the nine to five job, and now everybody, well, a lot of people got a chance to work from home during the last two years, um, one of perhaps the silver linings, and now we, we can't unsee that. We can't unsee that paradigm shift of employers first saying, no, 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 everybody must, must work in the office, to, oh my God, we have to work remotely. Oh, okay, I guess we can work remotely. I guess that's the world now. I guess that's happening. It's really hard to go backwards. <laughs> so I think what's happening is um, the people that are drawn to this conversation, drawn to questioning monogamy, um, drawn to seeing if there's another way of relating out there are also the same people that are questioning religious paradigms, that are questioning work paradigms. I mean, I'm, I'm a digital nomad. I live in Costa Rica and I work from here. And so does, and so do Marty and Kyle. So there are all these different paradigms that we've already shifted. And I'm sure that there are so many more. I'm sure I'm going to look back 10 years from now, maybe listen to this and go, my God, I was swimming in, uh, I was like swimming in a paradigm that I didn't even know that I, I didn't know. So there's more, there's more and there's more, there's always more work. Um, but I'm excited. I really am. I'm excited. I'm excited for this article to be in mainstream media. I'm really excited for all of you out there listening, for all of you leading your lives and whether or not you're just curious about it. And that's, that's all that ever happens, um, that you've opened up your mind to this paradigm shift. And by doing that, you've made it easier to accept people that are also choosing to relate differently. So thank you. Um, if you by chance find yourself on the journey of open relating and you could use some support, I totally understand you and I've got your back. I have two programs online that I think would be very helpful to anyone starting or have been practicing open relating and that's transforming jealousy and the self-love journey. The self-love journey really is for anyone. It's not, I mean, honestly, so is transforming jealousy because we get jealous over way more than just intimate partnerships. But that being said, self-love specifically, I think is for anybody that's looking to have a better relationship with themselves. And I'm, I, I love that program. I'm currently running one right now. I don't know when I'm going to do the next. If there's enough demand, I will start another one. Um, it's usually quarterly, I would say. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I also have a conversation group where I talk to people via a WhatsApp chat, a chat, and also on Zoom calls weekly. And we bring up a different topic every week. This is, this is my community space. This is because I have a need to connect with you. I want to know your stories and I want you to connect with each other. So I'm so happy to be running the conversation. You can find all of this actually um, if you are following my Instagram account at uh, Amory Podcast. It's in the Linktree link there. Or you can find it on amorypodcast.com. All of the different ways that you can be supported through your journey and um, connect with other people. So those are my main missions right now. Uh, be prepared to see me talking, I think, not only about 
open relating, but more, really more of these paradigm shifts, as I think you'll see more of our community questioning, like um, Jessica Fern. I can't wait until her second book comes out. And all of you, if you have conversations in your life, um, if you feel safe enough to talk with people in your world, try it, test it out, see what your friend thinks about what's going on. I would say don't put all of the credit <laughs> into their reaction, you know, maintain sovereignty into your, what you have going on, but test out how it feels to share your truth. That's it. Test out how it feels to share your truth because I know for me, it has been so empowering creating Emory podcast and sharing my truth that way two years ago to now sharing my truth and our truth um, on a, a national or international magazine, it feels really empowering. And what I think we're afraid of is, is being seen. Um, I know I've had fear of that, and I know that that's something I've been working through, but every time I allow myself to be seen, be heard, and be valued, I feel so empowered. I gain more power in my voice. So I think that that's available for everyone, um, small communities and large. As you become more comfortable in you and your choices, and as you want to share or have conversations with people, start conversation groups, um, reach out for resources, share resources, all of that is going to help us normalize uh, open relating, polyamory, uh, everything in between. And no, we don't have to be done with monogamy. I think it's a beautiful choice for relating. It really is. But I'd like to give people more choices for how they want to relate for what works for them. <sighs> oh my gosh. I think I feel complete. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And um, I'm sending you all love. Thank you for your time and attention. Again, you can find us at amorypodcast.com on Instagram. Click the link in the bio. Or if you want to, and, not or, and if you want to support us, um, just for putting our voices out there and receive some content of ours um, in return, you can go to Patreon at uh, patreon.com backslash Amory podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. Beautiful humans. Bye.